Hello and welcome to another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. I am excited to be with you this afternoon and spend a little bit of time chatting with you about a great question that we should all be asking ourselves, are we really diversified? Diversification is kind of boring. It's not terribly exciting. Uh, one of the things that we think is really important is that everybody ought to have some commercial real estate in their portfolio. Uh, we don't mean uh, your home. Everybody needs a place to live. And uh, you can absolutely think of your home as an investment. It is not uh, a piece of commercial real estate. It doesn't perform the way commercial real estate does. We're also not talking about things like uh, a publicly traded REIT uh, or investing in a mortgage uh, investment, whether it's directly by uh, uh, providing mortgages or hard money lending uh, or investing in a mortgage uh, product. Uh, those are affiliated with real estate, but they are not real estate. And so we want to be focused on how diversification can be improved by adding commercial real estate to your portfolio. Let's talk a little bit just about diversification. It's kind of boring, you know? Um, some would say, you know, it hurts my returns. I don't, I don't like having money in some investments that aren't gonna be performing really well right now. The logic behind diversification is at any given point in time, one asset class may be performing very well and others may simply be chugging along kind of steady. Uh, some may be flat. Um, the balance of all of those, because each will take their turn being the stronger performer, the balance of all of those is instead of a giant sine wave or a big roller coaster, however you want to think about it, uh, of volatility, uh, you start to get shallower peaks um, and shallower valleys such that instead of having wild oscillations, the oscillations get smaller and smaller. Uh, everybody would love having a really nice straight trend line. I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, I don't, I'm not aware of that ever having happened uh, with diversification. Um, there's also some strategies around diversification that involve modifying your asset allocation over time. Uh, today, we're not going to talk about asset allocation as much. In other words, how much should you have in cash versus fixed income versus international equities or commercial real estate or what have you. Uh, that's for you to determine with the assistance of your team, your tax advisor, your uh, attorney, your investment advisor, uh, and just yourself uh, being comfortable with the uh, decisions you've made. Uh, you know, one thing uh, that's changed in the last uh, generation is we're all living a lot longer, which means we're also living longer in retirement. Uh, you know, the old adage of, uh, you know, you're going to retire and put your money in basically a fixed income fund of some sort uh, doesn't really work because you could easily live 25 or 30 years in retirement. And uh, and you certainly don't want to outlive your money. Uh, Maybe you want to plan it so that uh, the last dollar disappears the day you do, but uh, you certainly don't want to get to a position where you're uh, a very healthy 85-year-old and uh, you find that, uh, that that's as long as your money's lasted because there's not a great employment 
uh, uh, demand for 85-year-olds. So uh, diversification is one of the ways that you can uh, plan for that uh, long-term success. One of the things that we want to talk about um, today, um, and it's getting a little age on it, but I think it still works, uh, certainly conceptually, um, and there, there's probably, you know, really actually good solid uh, facts behind it as well still. Um, but there was a study done a few years ago in um, uh, 2014 that looked at uh, 20 years of performance for various different assets. And it compared the uh, returns of those assets and it compared the stability of those assets, the stability being measured by uh, how um, closely they uh, stayed to the 10-year treasuries. So uh, if 10-year treasuries moved up, uh, these could move up. If it moved down, these could move down and that would give you zero volatility. Um, Obviously that doesn't happen, right? Treasuries move up a little bit. Maybe some of these go down, maybe some go up substantially and, there, and there's quite a bit of swing. Keep that in mind that volatility doesn't mean negative movement. Um, in the stock market, if the stock market goes up 10% over the next three weeks, that's a description of volatility. That's a fairly volatile amount of movement. It's favorable movement, right? Uh, that's great to have happen. Uh, often it's uh, followed by or could have been preceded by a similar, if not an even larger swing in the opposite direction. So when we talk about the amount of volatility an investment has uh, or the stability of it, whichever side of the coin you want to look at, uh, remember that, that, um, that that's inclusive of both positive uh, or favorable and negative or unfavorable movement. So the study that I'm referring to was uh, done by uh, Thomson Reuters DataStream. Uh, be happy to give you a copy of it. Uh, you can shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. I'll be happy to send you uh, a copy of the materials so you can take a look at it. Uh, we've also uh, got a wonderful series of webinars uh, we do that match our podcasts. So go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com and you can register there for the upcoming uh, webinar we have on are you really uh, diversified. So, um, so let's talk about this study a little bit. So it looked at uh, some bond products, it looked at uh, equities, it looked at uh, some commodities, and it looked at commercial real estate. And, uh, and what it found was this was, and, and I don't think these first two uh, items I'm gonna share are surprising. What it found was that government bonds, which would include um, uh, things like municipal bonds and uh, the like, uh, government bonds uh, had some volatility, some uh, movement, uh, roughly about five times the, um, uh, the uh, number the uh, uses a standard deviation for this, trying not to get too uh, detailed in terms of the, the math and the statistics behind this, but essentially uh, five times the volatility that you might have seen with, uh, with the treasury uh, note. Corporate bonds, a little more volatile, about six times, but those two really very closely packed on the 
stability end, the stable end of this particular spectrum. As we move out and look at equities, large caps are about 16 or 17 times the stability, the volatility. Um, and small cap stocks uh, were over 20 times. So um, set, set the five times and 15 and 20, set those aside for a moment. Let's just look at the relative movement. So what we're saying is that large cap stocks and small cap stocks are roughly three times as volatile as bonds. Or another way of saying that is bonds are uh, one third is volatile and exhibit a significantly larger amount of stability, three times the stability of um, equities in this particular situation. And again, I don't think that's surprising, right? Everybody would uh, expect that bonds are not going to uh, swing as heavily in the breeze uh, as equities will. And again, remember that's positive and negative uh, movement. Um, Commodities, right? So commodities is a big bucket. There's a lot of stuff you can put in commodities, right? You can put um, energy in commodities. You can put soybeans in commodities. You can put precious metals in commodities. Uh, and those all behave in very, very different ways. Um, commodities in this particular study were the most volatile, uh, 23 times the volatility uh, and movement of uh, treasuries. Uh, more so than equities, more so uh, than the large caps or the small caps in the equity space. So lots of volatility there. Um, returns. Again, two facts. I don't think they're going to be surprising to you. Government bonds had returns, again, over this 20-year time frame, a little under 6%. Corporate bonds, a little north of seven, just a hair north of 7%. So six to 7% returns for government corporate bonds. I don't think that's terribly surprising. Again, 93 through 2013. Large cap stocks, just under 9%, almost 9%. Small cap stocks, eight and a half, right? So you're talking eight and a half to 9% for equities. So about a 50% higher, maybe a 40% higher return than what you saw out of bonds. But again, three times the amount of volatility from that standpoint. Um, commodities, um, three and a half percent return, right? So a lot of investments in commodities are hedges against inflation, like I said, precious metals and the like. Uh, and this is one of those areas where you need to get comfortable about what you might be putting in your portfolio, how it's going to function. Um, I'm not a commodity specialist. I wouldn't uh, choose to give you any advice on that. Um, I have some, some precious metals in my portfolio. I think that's a smart thing for me to do. You need to decide if that's something that you would want to do or not. Um, but when you look at this chart, what it says is commodities have the lowest returns of all of these asset classes and the greatest amount of volatility. You might say, well, then why would I want to put something like that in my portfolio? Well, Again, volatility can be both positive and negative, and it may be volatile or have movement that is contrary to other asset classes, right? So if bonds are pulling back, commodities might be improving and so on. So that's something to keep in mind. Again, you're, you're looking for some ways to balance out the, um, the portfolio. So, so far, there's nothing I've shared with you that's surprising, right? Corporate bonds, government bonds, relatively stable, modest returns, 
better returns out of equities, both large caps and small caps, quite a bit more volatility. Um, so where's commercial real estate in all of this? Well, commercial real estate, again, in this study, which is 93 through 2013, commercial real estate has a volatility that is just a hair higher than government bonds, but less than corporate bonds. So it's in that five to six times range. So stability, essentially in line with, with a bond portfolio. That's really great news. Well, what about the returns? Bonds give you that kind of stability at the price of returns. Commercial real estate has returns that are just a wee bit, again, in this study, higher than equities during the same time frame. Uh, about uh, 50 basis points higher than small caps, maybe 10 or 20% basis points higher than large caps. So you're getting bond-like stability with equity-like or better returns. And one of the things to keep in mind, because it's part of when we think about a total return that, uh, that we would want to be looking for, uh, it's not just having a stable and secure investment. That's critical. It's not just getting really solid returns, equity growth, cash, and such. It's also taking advantages of the unique uh, tax uh, capabilities that you have when you invest in commercial real estate and in our instance, commercial multifamily real estate in particular. So when you get a statement at the end of the year for your uh, bond holdings and you've received on your $100,000 you've invested, you've received $6,500. Well, you're not getting a K-1 saying that you lost $20,000 so that you're able to shelter that income. Likewise, that share of stock that you purchased for $100 that's now worth $150, when you go to sell it, you can't do a 1031. You can't take that gain and roll it into a new stock or some other kind of uh, investment and, uh, and defer those, those taxes, which you can do with uh, commercial real estate. So you're getting tax benefits that you don't get from bonds and from equities. Uh, at the same time, you're getting stability uh, like bonds and returns uh, like equities. Well, that sounds fantastic. So why don't I just go load up on commercial real estate, you know, be it multifamily or some other flavor? And the answer to that is, again, in this analysis that we just that we just provided. This diversification is about balance. It's about bringing balance to your portfolio, which helps you smooth out performance over a period of time. Having an investment that is more stable, like commercial real estate, is advantageous. Having an investment like commercial real estate that has uh, quality returns, like equities, is advantageous. Does that mean there's no volatility in commercial real estate? Of course not. There is volatility in commercial real estate, not as much as there is in equities, about the same as what you see in the in the bond market. So from that standpoint, we want to have some commercial real estate to offset the instability of equities at the same time that commercial real estate can also increase the returns in your portfolio relative to bonds. So a healthy portfolio would have some large cap and small cap stocks, maybe some 
international stock uh, exposure, international equities. It would have some uh, government bonds, some corporate bonds, basically some fixed income uh, instruments. And it would also have some of those commodities that we talked about, again, might be precious metals or some other commodities, maybe oil or something like that. And it would have commercial real estate, whether that's a small amount, 5% of the portfolio or a large amount. 40% of the portfolio, that's a personal decision for each person to make. Take a hard look though. Commercial real estate really should be something you're considering. If you don't have it in your portfolio, it's something for you to look at. The good news is years ago, in order to get in on this game, you had to be able to write a really big check. That's not the case anymore. Uh, recent changes in the regulatory environment have made it much easier for folks to access uh, commercial real estate. That's part of what we focus on at Mara Polling is working with individuals like yourself uh, to help you gain access to commercial real estate with an investment that could be 100,000, could be 50,000, could be as low as $25,000 and could come from anywhere from just your own personal uh, investment account to uh, a 401k or a uh, an IRA, and there are, there are ways that we can help you understand how you might be able to uh, utilize those tools to make investments like this so that you can add that diversification uh, to your portfolio. So I hope this was uh, valuable to you. Uh, go to the website, the Learning Center at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Register for the, uh, for the webinar, Are You Really Diversified? Uh, you'll get a chance to see the study in a little more detail and we can go through it. Shoot me an email or if you go to the website, you can click on the little telephone and you can schedule time on my calendar. Happy to uh, set aside a few minutes for us to chat, get to know each other a little better, and I can help you understand uh, a little bit more about this particular material. I really appreciate you spending some time with us today and I look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.